Are you looking to create consistent 10K months with a course or membership? I thought you might be. That's why I partnered with Haley Burkhead, CEO of Recurring Profit, to sponsor this episode. Haley has created a free training that breaks down her exact automated process for creating consistent 10K months. And as a listener of Scale Your Course podcast, she is also giving you exclusive access to her Recurring Profit Roadmap Trello board. Want free access? Go to recurringprofit.com forward slash automate. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Scale Your Course. In today's episode, I interview Jessica Rivera. Jessica is a business and mindset coach. She helps executives and entrepreneurs master mindset, enhance their communication and strategy so they can increase productivity, remove roadblocks in their business, and increase performance in themselves and others. Prior to starting her business, Jessica climbed the corporate ladder in a competitive industry for a top five international bank. During her tenure, she built and was responsible for a $4 billion sales department. She's extremely passionate about empowering people and helping them to evolve their mindset, which results in positive impacts on business goals and life as a whole. Her passion has led her to become a certified facilitator in several Franklin Covey programs, such as Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, Leading at a Speed of Trust, Six Critical Practices for Leading a Team, as well as Becoming an Official Certified Mentor. In this episode, Jessica and I reflect on our work together on her course, The Leadership Accelerator. I interviewed Jessica a while back on the podcast. I'm going to link that in the show notes. So you may want to go back and listen to us talk about our early process of creating the Leadership Accelerator. But in this episode, we talk about Jessica's relaunch of her new version of her course, which she now calls Impact Leadership. She's transitioning her course to a six-month program where she supports leaders with getting to a place where they can confidently make the impact they desire either on their team members or on their own business. In this episode, Jessica and I talk about her process for making decisions about how and where she's making changes to her program. We also talk about her decision to hire a curriculum designer at the beginning of the process, what she got out of that, and what she might have done differently. If you're someone with a course or program who is looking to make some changes or refine or improve your program in some way, you will find some value in listening to Jessica's thought process. If you're someone who's newer to course creation or program design and you haven't quite yet launched your course or program, the insights that Jessica provides in the things that she considers about her students and about her own capacity to serve are surely going to help assist you with the evolution of your own design. I'm always proud to showcase some of my own clients and I'm sure you will get some value out of staying tuned and listening to the end. And if I haven't told you lately, thank you so much for continuing to support this podcast and listening to the solo episodes and interviews of Scale Your Course. 
Welcome back, Jessica, to Scale Your Course. I am thrilled to have you again coming to us. You did an episode with us um, a little ways back, which I'll link in the show notes, but um, I am excited to hear about where you are and what you're doing with what was your leadership accelerator program. And now you'll be able to share a little bit more about that. But before we get started, let's just dive in and have you talk about who you are, what you do, and who are your people. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. I'm so excited to be here. I love catching up with you. Um, it's actually, I don't know if you realize this, but it is our one year anniversary of working together. Oh my gosh, I didn't even <laughs> know that. Yeah, we started working together last year, September, and we created the Leadership Accelerator. You helped me, you know, design the course. Um, yeah, so it's like perfect timing for us to kind of catch up and I'll fill you in on, on the refinement that I have been working on. So yeah, my name is Jessica Rivera. I am a business coach. I really focus on and help leaders really step into their next level of leadership, um, working on mastering their mindset, uh, really stepping into their communication, communicating courageously. And then of course, strategizing for success, which is important. And I think that many times as leaders, we focus on the strategy, but we can have the best strategy. And if our mindset isn't there and we're not communicating properly, that strategy falls, right? It won't really execute or it definitely won't have the sustainability that we want. And then that's how we get to peak leadership and really make the impact that we desire. And so my, my people really end up being executives, uh, mid-level executives, as well as small business owners. Excellent. I was totally relating to you when you were talking just now about the communication piece, because as someone who also works in a leadership role um, outside of my business, I have had a few situations that have cropped up over the last six or eight months, and definitely communication has been at the root of all things not so great. And I often reflected back on what I learned from you, even helping you with the development of the Leadership Accelerator last year, because your content was so rich in the emphasis on the importance of communication and just wanted you to know that you were in my ear, on my shoulder in a few situations that I had. What would Jessica say right now or what advice would Jessica give? Because that's one of the benefits I have of working with different clients who are teaching things that also are of interest to me is I get to take some of their knowledge and apply it even practically in my own life and business. So um, I just wanted to share that little. Thank you, Thank you for sharing that. I just imagined a little tiny me on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you, you looked good because you always do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My hair was done that day, huh? <laughs> um, so yeah, I really, it's funny that you say the communication part, because um, if we think back to when we developed the leadership accelerator, you know, we met several times, you kind of took everything out of my head and, and we made sure that it had a flow. And the first thing we did was work on mindset. And I did not change that. I want us to master our mindset to make sure we're checking in with ourselves first before we execute on anything which is always key. But what we didn't do and what's going to be new about impact leadership is that I am developing an entire module on communication because it was in the thread, right? It was in almost everything that I taught, but it wasn't uh, what I wanted to do is make it even more specific because, you know, everybody says communication is key. 
and we often look at what the how the other person is communicating, what the other person did, how they could be doing better. And oftentimes it starts with us. It oh, I believe in everything I, I teach, it always starts with us. And so I really wanted to make that a bigger a focal point and it will be an impact leadership. So you've changed it from a module of communication strategy to actually weaving it throughout or off the opposite. I'm trying to remember what we did before. It was weaved throughout and now it's a full module where it will have a several different um, uh, teachings within that module. Yeah. It's such an important skill and it's so applicable, not just to leadership in your organization or in your business. It's applicable to leadership in all facets of your life, including your home and your relationships with others, friends, family. Um, It's such a critical piece you know, right now you've shared with me offline that you have been sort of making some refinements, some changes to the program. And I'm interested to hear a little bit about your thought process. So when you decided to relaunch the impact leadership, what have you considered when making the decision to make some changes to, I think, the structure and format and and as you've mentioned, some of the content? Yeah, so I'm always, you know, even round two, right, we worked together uh, earlier this year um, and at the top of the year when we ran the Leadership Accelerator, making some tweaks, right? We always want to make it better based on feedback. And when I started thinking about the cohorts that I've had, everybody wanted it to be longer. Everybody. I also thought about my own personal journey and my own group coaching that I'm uh, an attendant, right? Like, I'm part of the coaching group. It's I'm not I'm not running it. I always thought for my I also was thinking for myself. I needed time to execute, uh, see what worked, see what didn't work, come back, execute again. And these things, you know, these are not college courses where you just do it once and that's it. You you know, you got the T-shirt and you walk away. It's like you you have to put these things into place. And then I thought about it about commun- what I'm teaching, mindset, communication strategy. To me, strategy is almost the easiest part if you have the other two in place. And these things take time. I did not learn to be a great communicator in a moment, right? It happened over years, frankly, but it takes time. And I didn't have, that's why I created this blueprint because I didn't have this blueprint. It was like trial, error, trial, error. And so that's one of the main reasons why I created this blueprint is because I really wanted people to get there much faster than I did, but it takes time. I can walk into a conversation with you, Tracy, ready to go. I have my notes. I know what I want to say. I know the outcome and it still go left, especially in the beginning. Um, And so based on those factors that I know how long it took me, I know in my own group coaching uh, program that I'm in, that I'm an attendant to, it it takes time. And the feedback from people, they wanted it to be longer. So based on all of those things, then I said, okay, well, what is, what will be impactful to the people in the group that is, what am I missing here? And I thought, you know what, everybody speaks about communication and it's an ever-changing, ever-growing thing that even today, after all the stuff I've worked on, I still uh, want to make sure that I'm communicating well. I still get it wrong sometimes. Like, communication's key, and it's always growing. We always have to continue working on ourselves. So, and when I thought about leadership, um, when it came to mindset, communication, it just, it flowed so perfectly. I just sat down one day, and it came to me, and I said, this is exactly what I want. So, it went from 
a few weeks to a few months program, correct? Well, almost three months before, and now it's six months. So you've doubled it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I love what you're saying about one, taking the feedback and um, actually thinking about how you can improve the experience or create a deeper experience. Cause I think that's what you're talking about is the, whenever you're talking about giving people opportunity to apply and then actually get some feedback and then apply again and get some more feedback. That's a much deeper level of learning and engagement that you're offering there. I also think too, for yourself, I mean, reflecting on yourself as a the learner and what you needed in order to even get where you are and, and knowing that you're still evolving and still developing. And um, yeah, no, I just think it's, it's so important to put your client or your student or your learner, however you choose to refer to them first. And that's what you're doing here in this, in the changes that you're making. So that's great. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I, uh, another reason why I think I chose communication was because I did a masterclass on it twice and I received such great feedback. And just based on that one masterclass, people were telling me that they made changes and they received feedback, unsolicited feedback, that uh, the changes were being noticed. So I just thought it was a perfect ad. So what is the current format and structure of the course? So you said it's six months or the program at six months. Is there pre-teachings and coaching calls? Like just, can you share a little bit about how you've structured it? Yeah. One of the other changes I made uh, was everyone will have an onboarding call. And during that call, I'm going to walk them through member vault, like, where everything is because if you're newer to member vault even me i'm not new and um sometimes i get lost in there not not so much in my own program but in the program that i'm in they also use member vault when there's a lot of content in there it can get a little overwhelming so everyone will have an onboarding call uh, where we'll walk through like the logistics in addition to that i want to get to know everybody one-on-one um on the onset just so that i understand what their goals are so uh, onboarding call, then we will go into group calls where there will be teaching as well as just Q&A. So one teaching call, one Q&A call. Uh, and then I will also have office hours. So if they need anything, they can just pop in. So those are some tweaks to the program. In addition to that, you know, I'm not great with Facebook. Right? We tried to have a Facebook group. I was terrible with it. Um, but what I do like is Telegram. So we'll have a Telegram group where there'll be ongoing support there as well. So I'm excited to kind of see these changes and really get to know everybody one-on-one. And it's a small group. I love a small group so that we can be really intimate and share. And so, yeah, I'm excited about all of the changes. Oh my goodness. Yes. It sounds like you're definitely going for a much richer, deeper experience and more connected because before we definitely were doing some pre-recorded and then the following up with the calls where you'd review some of the major concepts and they would have opportunity to ask questions. But I do think that um, sometimes live teaching can also be really impactful as well because you can kind of respond in the moment um, rather than reflecting on. 
I'm curious about Telegram. I've only ever used it one time as a user, meaning somebody actually had me on their podcast and they used Telegram for me to record responses to questions that they had. It was so interesting. It was a very light way to actually be a podcast guest. I should maybe experiment with it sometime. But um, how does Telegram work? Do you create like groups and then it's just like a chat thread? What can you do in there? Yeah, so it's a chat thread. You can create a group, yes, but you could also put like voice notes in there. People can respond. You can um, you can even record a video and put it in there. So I really like it. And to me, it feels more intimate than Facebook, especially for someone like me who hadn't been on Facebook. I mean, I've been on Facebook since forever, but I wasn't really active. And it feels, again, very cumbersome. Like there's a lot going on in Facebook. It's like, where are my groups? you know, where do I respond, like as a user? Um, And so Telegram just feels a lot easier. It feels like a text message to me, way more user-friendly. Yeah. So that sounds really cool. I really like the idea that you can actually include video. I didn't know that. That's neat. A lot of people ask about the different options outside of Facebook, because you're not the only person that doesn't care for it in even your own personal life. I don't think that's the social media platform that you typically are engaging on. You're on Instagram. And so I do read this in a lot of groups. Telegram is one that I will definitely mention in future when I'm giving out those pieces of advice. And I think Facebook too really depends on your audience, whether or not that's the place that they typically hang out and they want to engage with you. So, and I, like I said, I think you're more on Instagram. I did participate in something that had an Insta group chat thread and, um, it was, it was okay to have a group chat on Instagram, but it was really hard to find stuff. Like it didn't have a way to organize the information. So you had to do a lot of scrolling. I'm not sure if telegram is like that or not, and you do, you do definitely have to do a, a lot of scrolling. It wouldn't be for like documents or things like that, but you could throw in there like, Hey, you know, we're hopping on the call in a little while, like reminders, things like that. But yeah, definitely not a good place to organize things, at least not that I've seen, uh, but I just love how you can still build community. Mm-hmm. And it's so what is the main goal of your impact leadership? Yes. Well, one of the things that I think every single person I've ever worked with, even when I was in corporate, uh, the people on my team say that I really help build their confidence and help them execute easier. I I would love when my team would tell me, I don't know, my job just feels easier because I felt my job felt easier because the communication was flowing. um, The mindset had shifted. So it was much easier to put that strategy in place and execute on it without fear, uh, without judging yourself, without all of those things. And so that is the goal for you to become a leader where you are executing, where you feel your job is much easier, right? And so typically when you think about difficult times within your job, whether you have a team or you're executing on a project yourself, typically you're stuck you're not feeling confident. You are worried about what other people are going to say. So again, 
making you feel stuck and not confident. And so all those things that are just kind of going in your mind or you're rushing and you feel overwhelmed because you've waited to the last minute, you've had that procrastination, you're waiting, you're waiting for the last minute. Even think about when you're trying to have a difficult conversation with somebody and you're waiting for the last possible minute. It's like you dread it. And then it's really hard for that conversation to go well, or even that project to go smoothly because you're waiting for the last minute. And then you're just like, all right, I'm just going to throw it out there and whatever happens, happens. And so I really want leaders to get to a place and really be able to make that impact that they always desired on their team members and on their business. And I feel that I have, based on the, the, the results I've gotten from clients, I feel like I've done that. Well, I can concur because I was privileged to be able to watch some of your trainings and your coaching calls. And I saw some of the ahas that your clients were getting, even in the leadership accelerator, even though it was a fast paced, quick win kind of setup, they really were um, taking away some really important things, putting them into practice, and then coming back and sharing some pretty profound things. So I can concur that you are making a difference. And I can only imagine that in six months of them being able to have that coaching from you, that guidance and support that they're going to have equal or greater amounts of wins. So I think you've made a good choice in your format and structure. I'm curious though, if you're, if you shifted at all from a cohort model to a more of an open door model, or are you still sticking with the cohort? So it's funny you say that because I, I've been thinking about this. I haven't made a decision yet. Right now we're still, I'm still a cohort model, but because it's six months long, I have been thinking about potentially opening enrollment at some point within the cohort and just testing it out. I I believe we should test things out, right? Just to see kind of the flow. And I think it depends on my capacity. So I really like to check in with myself first. Where am I? Do I feel like I can give them the support that they need? Because my number one priority is the client, right? Making sure that I can serve in a way that I want to. Um, where they feel like they have the support that they need. And so my thought process is I'm going to run it as a cohort right now. We'll see two months in or several weeks in how I'm feeling, the level of support that they need. And then I will make a decision on whether I should potentially open enrollment. Yeah, I like that idea. I mean, really knowing who your group is and what what's needed for them to get the result as well as your capacity to serve. Those are all important things and you don't have to decide right now. And I think that's a really important point because a lot of people think they have to have everything figured out. And sometimes you just need to go with the flow, try something and then apply maybe a little bit of strategy, but also some intuition, right? Into which direction you should go. And it might also depend on how many people you have interested in actually joining? Because I know you typically have in the past a wait list. I would assume you'll probably continue to have use that as a practice, would you, the wait list? Correct. Yeah. So that's exactly what I was thinking. Depending on the wait list, depending on who applies, because I have also an application process. So if there's, you know, let's say three applicants that are perfect for uh, the, the impact leadership, I could potentially bring another small group on And what would be beautiful in my mind is that whoever's already in there can actually practice their leadership skills like on those group calls. 
and be able to give insight and advice and talk about their own experiences. And that could almost help the newer people even accelerate even faster. So that's how it's working in my mind. And we'll see how it all kind of plays out. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. That's great. I, um, I think it's just really important to be okay with not having it all figured out. There's definitely some value to you as the owner of or creator of the program to have more of an ongoing enrollment because there's that recurring profit theme that can come up there. So you're not necessarily stuck with sort of that open close model. Not that there's anything wrong with the open close model, but six months is a long time. You could potentially run more than one cohort, right? But that again, you have to think about your delivery, how scalable that is for you, depending on what else you have going on. It is a thought that I thought of as well. But the downfall I felt there was that I still want to build community and and to have two separate cohorts to me really didn't make sense when both cohorts are in the same program and I'm teaching the same thing. And so the truth is when we are, there is pre-recorded content. And of course I'll record the coaching calls, the ones that I'm teaching, we're always not on the same page, right? So even if you and I were in a course today in a group today, You may be on module five and I'm still on module one and we still come to the call together and we can still learn and debrief and have a good conversation. So as I thought about, okay, what do I want to do? That is an option, but I I kind of rule that option out pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point too. People can learn from each other. And part of creating a learning community is having people that are at different stages of the 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 learning process, as well as the application process. So I love what you're saying about the other people becoming leaders within the group and being able to continue to encourage and inspire to and motivate others with their wins. So people can see what's a little bit down the road, perhaps for them, but also have those students to reflect back to the newer students. You know, I was where you were and here's what shifted for me, or here's what I've learned to do. That's been the most impactful for me. So creating that learning community, I think having two separate communities can be, it'll be a drain on you too, right? To, to have those two separate communities. But if you either, you know, either what you said, like marrying them together completely and just having sort of open and close enrollment at key times in the program, when you are able to kind of let a few more in, (laughs) how many would that be might depend on how many are already in there. Um, And all of those things, or there could be some semblance of individuality, but not in a way that really drains your time or limits their experience, right? By, by having them separate. That's one of the reasons why I decided to do an onboarding call, because if I chose to open enrollment at some point, there will be an onboarding call to really walk them through the process and where we are. Then also created those office hours so that if they get stuck, because in my experience personally, um, I am in a group coaching program where there is an open enrollment. And I felt lost in that process at some points. And if I had 
access to somebody who could just kind of walk me through, like, just tell me what the heck is going on, right? I feel like I would have felt more supported. And the the and I'm not speaking negatively because I've, I've learned a lot and I really enjoy it, but I know there was a level of frustration because I felt like there is so much information in here and I just don't know where anything is. And I wanted to avoid that. So really just putting my own personal experiences into practice here and how if I was running a group coaching program the way that person is, what would I do differently to enhance the the client's experience? So that's why I did the uh, the onboarding call as well as having office hours. So if at any point you feel stuck, hop on this call and let's talk about it. Love it. Yeah, you've been very intentional about the way that you are making these changes or or testing out these this new format. I'm curious, and you know, I want you to have the freedom to answer the question any way that you like. Either I don't, I'm not digging for a specific answer, but I'm curious because I know this comes up. So you hired me last year to help you develop the leadership accelerator. You already had some training background, and I mean, you already show up as a teacher, but based on our previous episode, like the idea of just having someone to bounce back and forth those ideas and to kind of stretch your thinking a little bit, if I recall correctly, was really the focus. I supported you with the development. You already came with tons of ideas and we just teased those out. And then we did that twice together. And this time you're doing it on your own. And I'm curious because one of the debates is when to involve someone to help you with the design process. Some people want and need the support at the beginning. Other people like to develop, test, maybe test again, and then potentially bring someone in. Do you have an opinion about, from your experience, you hired me more at the beginning stages of that. Would you think that maybe there's, you might've done it differently, like hire me, at this stage versus the beginning, or are you happy with the way things went for you? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. I do. So for me personally, I I was in corporate for many years and being in a sales role where there was a lot of training and development, even though I worked for a huge corporation, we actually created it ourselves. Right. And so I was kind of used to creating and I knew how much work it it was. And I also know that there's real value in bumping ideas off of someone else, because it, typically your idea, someone else's idea can mesh and be a better idea. And so that's what I wanted because that's what I was used to. And I also didn't want to do all of the legwork on my own. Right. I, I just didn't want to. And so for those reasons, I, I knew right away I wanted somebody to come and help me. And that's when I found you. I was like, yes, I need a curriculum designer. The other part is when you're so close to the project, it can be difficult to kind of really see it objectively. So I wanted someone to come in and say, no, you know what? I think maybe you put this in the front, this in the back. Or again, bouncing ideas off of somebody who isn't as attached to the project as I was, right? Because this is like my thoughts. This is going to be my little baby. Um, and sometimes we can't, we can't look at things objectively. So I think that's, that's another place I wanted you to come in to help me with flow, to help me get all the ideas, you know, out of my head and on paper, 
make sure they float, like I said. Also, speak objectively about what may not be working or what the best way to do things would be. I know what worked for me in a corporate setting um, and what worked for the people I was teaching at the time, but I still wanted some an outside point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, one of the, the goals that I have when I work with clients and they all have different experiences. Some come with no design experience. Some come with like corporate background and training backgrounds already, but still know, like you said, the value of having someone else to um, share that with that. The way that I think as a designer somehow rubs off on the person, right? So when I work with my clients and we reflect on different things, my hope would be that you walk away, not only not always needing to rely on, on a designer that that helps you become a better designer or more confident yourself to be able to go and do it. So the, the idea that you are um, going more solo this time is actually like, I think it's, it's, it's great. Um, But I do know that there are people that really feel strongly that you don't need a designer at the beginning. And I'm also somebody who, who feels that, if you don't have a designer mindset at the beginning, it is helpful to help you get at least the foundation of a curriculum built out. And there is a process to it. It's, it's not as simple as just, what do I want to teach? What are the topics? I'm just going to go and create my slide deck. There's a lot to think about. And if you've never done it before, um, or if you've done it before and it's been really hard for you, there is no um, better thing to do than to just reach out to someone, even if it is just a, three-hour strategy call, which I've done with some clients. They just want to come and say, this is what I'm thinking. Do you have any suggestions on how I could make this better? Or can you see anywhere where I might need to make some additional considerations and things? Those are some of my best calls, right? Where where they get a, a quick win or an aha, and they often go and implement on their own. So there's different ways ha- having someone like myself come into the conversation. But I just wondered if you, if you had one of those, if I did it all over again moments, I would do it differently. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of those thoughts. What would I do differently if I did it all over again? Having you in the beginning is not one of the things. I definitely would have still had you come in from the beginning to help me design the course. I felt like it made my process a lot easier, which then took the stress and overwhelm from me. And I think that's an important part about being a leader is knowing when you should ask for help, when you should outsource, when we cannot do it all on our own. And that is one of the things that I see so many leaders do, whether you are in corporate or you own your own business, they still are entirely too hands-on. They are, like they say, working in the business versus on the business. They have these visions, but they're not taking the steps in order to create that freedom for themselves, that vision, right? Become the visionary. And in order to do that, you have got to let go. Yeah, so true. We can't do it all right? If we force ourselves to try, we sometimes end up um, failing. And um, well, we'll, we we won't talk about failing because I know we we can have a strong conversation about what is failure anyways. I'm working with an entrepreneur right now and he has so many great ideas and he currently has three different streams of income. And the problem is he does all of them half-ass all of them because he can't do them all. 
you can't not, and he has staff that works for him, but he also has them doing a little bit of everything. And so it's really difficult for him to hone in on one, perfect it, push it out, figure out, okay, who can I put in charge of this? Focus on the next one. Okay, perfect. And he can, I believe you can, obviously you want to have a different streams of income, but if you know yourself that you have not executed one of them to perfection or close to it, right? There isn't ever really perfection, but you get my point, like full capacity, let's say. And you know, he knows himself he's not doing any of them to full capacity, then how are you getting the full potential out of any of those businesses? And so that's what we're kind of working on. Okay, which one uh, do you feel most passionate about? That's what I want to start with. Which business does he feel most passionate about? Let's put all of our energy in there. We figure out how the other two can work on kind of autopilot for now. Then we move on to those things. Um, but yeah, you know, those kind of people that love to start and then not finish. Yes. Yeah. We all know a few of those and I have a few things in the graveyard that I started and didn't finish too. Um, so I'm not sure if the doors are open to impact leadership or they're closed. Um, but how can people learn more and where can they find you? So as you mentioned, I typically hang out on Instagram at Coach Jessica Rivera, which is the easiest place to find me because I am on, I actually have been hanging out a lot on LinkedIn as well, but my name is so common that if you try, you're, you're never going to find me that way. So uh, Instagram is probably best or my website at jrcoaching.net. Uh, both of those places are, are pretty easy to find me. Impact Leadership is currently open for enrollment. Uh, we will be starting our group calls later this month. So I am excited to go ahead and start this new program. Or it's not really a new program. It's more of an enhanced program uh, for leaders to really make the impact that they desire on their careers, on their business, and on their people. Um, and if not, then I will have a wait list. And then I'll, I'll be sure to open enrollment at some point, obviously, uh, kind of testing that out later within the program. Yes, I suggest everybody follow Jessica on Instagram. She does some pretty great live streams. Some of them are just very vulnerable and authentic, and but very relatable. So as someone who is in a leadership role, I appreciate you showing up as regularly as you do and the content that you're sharing. Thank you. You know, Tracy, I want to ask you a question. So uh, being that you're you're in a leadership role still, sometimes I feel like I'm a little too hard on leaders. Like they probably feel like, God, everything is, she thinks everything is our fault. <laughs> um, because I, I do, because I've been there before, right? And I feel as though when I started working on me and I started looking at the way I'm speaking, the way I'm handling things, my mindset, my strategy and how I execute, I know that everything just got better. But um, that's me speaking from where I am today versus where I was, you know, several years ago or when I first started uh, coaching uh, and leading people. So I'd love to hear kind of from your perspective. So I come across a little harsh to our leaders. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I find a lot of your content is very reflective and relatable, like I mentioned earlier. It really does encourage you to really think about 
how your actions have impacted a particular outcome of a situation and how much control you really do have. And, you know, I think we know that, but we get so caught up in the emotions of it. And it is hard to be objective. And it is a skill to be this reflective. I fortunately feel like I am a fairly reflective person. So that might be where some people need to start just the comfort of being able to actually admit that there there may be some places where they could make some really small changes that could have a really big impact. I happen to be a deeply reflective person to start with, but um, that's what leadership is. It starts with the leader and we can't expect to get from our clients or our team members, you know, if we can't give or lead or show all the things, right? It doesn't mean that everyone's going to be perfect. Um, and that you're not going to make mistakes because you will, but the ability to be able to reflect on what just happened, why did it happen? And what could I have done to prevent it? I think is what you offer a lot in your live streams is, um, some preventative strategies, but also like, I'm always thinking back to certain situations that you trigger in my mind when you, when you're sharing your thoughts. So hopefully that helps answer your question in a roundabout way, but Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I I want uh, that I hope that people don't do, because I think I used to do this was I reflect and then instead of saying, okay, well, how do I make that not happen again? Or um, how do I, if it was a good thing, like, how do I make sure that I continue that process was when I would reflect, if it was negative, I would beat myself up about it. And that's not the outcome that we want. That's not what we want to do. We want to be able to reflect and say, okay, that didn't work out well. What could I have done differently in order to move forward? Because when we are in that leadership role or we want to climb the corporate ladder or do better in our business, many times we get stuck in that negative thought process. Like, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done this. I, I, you know, that's what I'm the reason why everything is all messed up. That's not what I want us to do. I want us to reflect and think, okay, that went really well. I want to make sure I apply those principles to everything else or that didn't go well. And I need to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And when we can again, try to remove the emotion, things do become a lot easier. Yes, for sure. I 100% concur. Go ahead and watch Jessica's live streams. You will learn just from showing up on her Instagram and check out her website and consider the impact leadership. You won't regret it. You'll meet some amazing people. And um, Jessica has got a wealth of knowledge and experience. And it, like I said, very relatable. A lot of the stories, you're a great storyteller. A lot of the stories that you share, we can all benefit um, learning from you. So thank you so much for coming back today and sharing about your, your process, refining your program. As you said, it's not new, it's, it's enhanced. And I look forward to hearing more about the successes of impact leadership moving forward. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Great catching up. Hey, Tracy Sheriff here. Before we wrap up, are you tired of the revenue roller coaster? Are you looking for ways to sell a course or membership on autopilot? I thought you might be. That's why I partnered with Haley Burkhead, CEO of Recurring Profit, to sponsor this episode. I get it. When you already have a business that is working, it's terrifying to try something new. The key to making this work is plugging into a proven system that doesn't require your full attention. Haley has created a free training to teach you the A to Z roadmap for how to create an automated revenue stream that generates consistent 10K months. 
You can even customize the training based on whether you already have a course or membership or you just have an idea for one. Want free access? Go to recurringprofit.com forward slash automate. Plus, as a Scale Your Course listener, when you sign up for the free training using our link, you will get access to her Trello board mapping out the entire Recurring Profit roadmap. Go to recurringprofit.com forward slash automate.